It's great to be with you all. And um, I was talking with your engineer back there, and I told him I was going to open up with an engineer joke because lawyers aren't popular anymore, lawyer jokes. So here we go. There was uh, once a priest and a drunkard and an engineer who were being executed during the French Revolution. They were taken up to the guillotine, and they selected the priest to die first. And so the executioner is pulling the rope, which raises the blade of the guillotine. And before they did that, they asked the priest if you wanted to die facing down or facing up. And the priest said, I'll die facing up so I can be looking towards the heavens when I meet my fate. They let go of the rope, which let the blade of the guillotine come crashing down. And it stopped just a few inches above the priest's neck. And the authorities took this as a sign of divine intervention. They let the priest go. Well, next comes the drunkard. Drunkard, do you want to die facing down, facing up? He may be a drunkard, but he's not dumb. He says, I'll die facing up, just like the priest. They pull the rope, which raises the blade of the guillotine. They let go of the rope, and the blade of the guillotine comes crashing down and stops just an inch above the drunkard's neck. The authorities say, again, the Lord has intervened. We've got to let this guy go. Well, next is the engineer. He's also not a dummy. I'll die facing up. Thank you very much. And as they're pulling the rope, which raises the blade of the guillotine, the engineer who's looking up says, hey, I, I think I see what your problem is up there. <laughs> when our eyes are so fixed on just one thing, we often miss the most important things. And this affects what we do. When I say the word missions, what comes to our minds? Perhaps for some of us, it's getting a team from St. George's and going to the inner city of Nashville, working alongside believers and, and churches there, ministering to the poor. For others, perhaps going overseas, Honduras, working with Christians there, maybe in an orphanage. Father Lee told me about that last night, that are serving the poor, ministering to physical, practical needs. For most of us, when I say the word missions, what comes to our mind is working alongside of the church or working through the church or actually maybe even serving the church. But what about areas where the church is not, where there are no churches? Are there places like that on the globe? The Apostle Paul, we read his epistle today, and he had such passion that Jesus would save sinners. But where? What was the locality? We look at his words in the book of Romans. He says, it's always been my desire and my ambition to preach the gospel where? Where Christ was not known. And so Paul, as we go through Acts, he's starting churches, but he never settles there, puts down roots there, plants there. He could have, but he's always going on to new places where the gospel has never been preached. Never. My wife and I were called to a city in Turkey in the early uh, 1990s, a city of one million people. We were the first two Christians in the city, and we started church planting there. And the bad news today is that there are cities and regions and towns and provinces where there are no churches, period, still today. Places like that still exist. The slide of Turkey, please, and then the slide of Yemen. The next one coming, well, that one, yeah. And so Paul says, how can they call on the one in whom they've not believed? How can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? How can they hear if no one's speaking to them, 
preaching to them. In other words, how can they hear if one of the 99 doesn't leave the flock where the church is and go to a place where the church is not? Just as God seeks us with this incredibly passionate love, he leaves the flock to come find us. He calls us and he called Paul to go to places where the church is not. And so Paul says, how beautiful on the feet of those are the feet of those who bring good news. Let me give you an example. The nation of Yemen. AFM has worked in Yemen for many, many different years. And um, there's some 12 million Yemenis, Arabs, and not one single church in the country, which means there are more Christians in this service right here today than in the entire nation of Yemen. And this isn't just a mathematical or a statistical problem, friends, brothers and sisters. It has real life implications because in areas where there's no church of Christ, there's no cross of Christ. And where there's no cross of Christ, there's no impetus or model for the giving of forgiveness and the receiving of forgiveness. Which means that when relationships fracture, there's no restoration or reconciliation, which means that Anger and bitterness and hurt and vengeance just fester and foster inside of individual peoples. And it goes to families and it goes to clans and tribes. And so in places like Yemen where there is no church, you have cyclical, retaliatory, escalating violence and revenge. It's the Hatfields and McCoys on steroids. Civil war. The wars of this world are, generally speaking, being fought in areas where the church is not. And in areas where the church is not, women, little girls grow up not knowing that they can dream about what they want to do in the future because their little girl's future is predetermined by the social forces and size and, and structures. And so women are oftentimes treated as, as objects, not human beings with dignity created in the image of God. In places where there is no church, the greatest percentage of human trafficking occurs. They are dark, difficult, demonic places to live. Terrible places to live. Frontier Missions, I'm the director of Anglican Frontier Missions. Frontier Missions is missions done where the church is not. Would you say that term with me? Frontier Missions. Let's say that again. Frontier Missions. Frontier Missions is doing missions not where the church is persecuted, but where the church is not. Do you see the importance of getting the love of Jesus to every people group? And if you see it, what might God be calling you to do? Well, first of all, if you have a mind, you can grow in your knowledge of what God is doing in Frontier Missions. One way you can do that is reading our book, our 25 anniversary book. There's copies and the table out there. You can also sign up for our e-newsletters and learn about what Episcopalians are doing in Frontier Missions. If you have a mind, you can grow. If you have a heart, you can pray. I was uh, out at dinner last night with your, your rector, Father Lee, and his wife, Susie Lee, and... Um, we, Susan Lee and I had been at the same conference about five years ago, and one of the speakers challenged us to pray regularly for the Muslim world. And Susan Lee whipped out her cell phone, and she showed me a reminder that every Friday at 12 noon, she's praying for the Muslim world. And God is moving in the Muslim world in historically unprecedented ways through the prayers of his people. I'm going to share that in the rector's forum coming up the next hour. If you have a heart... Sign up for our newsletter, get information from other organizations and pray. 
And finally, if you have two feet, you can go. Just as Jesus came to earth and was a long-term missionary to reach the people of this planet, he is still calling long-term missionaries to go to areas where the church is not. God uses young families. God uses retirees, engineers, English teachers, doctors, Bible school graduates. God can use and he will use anyone because he's got this passionate love for people who have never, ever heard about him. If you have two feet, you can go. Years ago, in the heart of the Deep South, there was this little girl growing up. She was deaf. She was blind. Um, Her parents had given up raising her. Finally, they brought a new teacher into town. And the new teacher, one day, pumping the well, a water well. And water is coming out on this little girl's hand. And the teacher is writing in her palm, W-A-T-E-R, water. Years later, this little girl, now a woman, was able to gain limited sight through a series of operations, after which she wrote, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. Sight with no vision. The little girl was Helen Keller, of course. So when you look at Mission St. George's Church, when you look at God's world, what do you see? I'll tell you what John saw. Jesus lifted him up to heavens and he saw through the book of Revelation a picture of what the world would be like when Jesus comes again. Every tribe, every tongue, every language, every people group worshiping the lamb. This is what Jesus sees. This is what he wants us to see. That mission is for all of the 17,000 ethnic groups of the world. If you see these things, the question then becomes, what will we do? Because if our eyes are so fixed on just one thing, we often miss the most important things. And this, in fact, does affect what we do. Grow, pray, go. Grow, pray, and go. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are alive. We thank you that Jesus is on the throne. We thank you that we have a purpose and we have a direction in this great commission to reach with this incredible, indefatigable love of God every tribe, tongue, language, and nation. Father, my prayer is that you bless St. George's Episcopal Church as they step into this call, not only for them, but for every church that you have created. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And together, all God's children say, Amen.